What if is an extremely important question to ask? Because otherwise you get locked into what is. And, and you really need to be asking, what if it were different than that? But what if it's not what you said? And in order to have that, you need to know what truth is. So you always have to have something to go back to and say, what if you challenge whatever it might be, and then you go to the scriptures and you see what it says? Now, the scriptures may not say anything, so then who cares? You can believe whatever you want. But if the scriptures are clear, then you go, okay, what if it's supposed to be this way? Many of you grew up in, in families that were functional or dysfunctional, depending on what your parents did or do or whatever that might be. And it, it, those that come from dysfunctional families, you can ask, like my own father, his dad was an alcoholic, abusive alcoholic, beat him, inner city kid. All right, he would always ask, well, what if I wasn't a father like that? What if I did something different than my dad did? And he did. So if you don't ask the what if questions, a lot of times you, you can't go anywhere because you're just saying this is what is. And you hear people say, that's just the way it is. That's just the way it is. Well, why? Why is it that way? Is there something you can do differently? A lot of times we don't see it because we've just been immersed in the way it is. That's what the fun of reading the Bible is. When you read the Bible and, and you get outside of your culture, your perspective, you get to see what people are going through, how they're responding to God. Very important to be able to do. Today I want to talk about what if different is good and not bad. What's happening in our cultures is we begin to identify thing, people and things that think differently as bad rather than different. So uh, Republicans hate Democrats and Democrats hate Republicans right, because they're different. Uh, not only that, we, it, there was a, a girl and she was making a big deal about um, the fact that she's a bird watching girl. And she was making a really big deal about the fact that the birds that are portrayed on these websites, the females are always smaller. So she was mad because the female birds were portrayed differently than the male birds. But the female birds aren't different than the male birds. They're smaller. They're, that's not evil. She was just, people were taking pictures and putting them up. And, and this person was trying to say, that's not right. How could it not be right? That's what it is. You know, if you're six foot ten, you're six foot ten. If you're six foot five, you're six foot five. You're not five foot two. What's better? Depends on what you want to do. If you want to go through a tunnel, five foot two is better. If you want to dunk a basketball, six foot whatever is better. You know what I mean? you got to understand, different isn't necessarily bad. It's different. And in our culture, we keep trying to blend everything to make it the same. We try and make every idea the same, everything the same validity. It isn't. If somebody is a mechanic and they give you the, your, their opinion about your car, and my wife gives you an opinion about your car, listen to the mechanic. It's not that both don't have an opinion, but one of them actually knows what they're talking about. So, again, is it different? Yes. Does that make my wife evil? No, she doesn't know anything about cars. But I'm not going to take the fact that she has an opinion away from her. It's just don't listen to her on cars. 
It's important to understand that as you look at culture, the way it's being portrayed, whether it be news or whether it be school or whatever else, we hear a lot about a perspective of if it's different, we got to make it so that it's the same. And the same usually isn't good enough. The honest truth is people who don't like differences, they don't want to be the same, they want to be better. So instead of accepting what God has given you in the difference, you try and become better than somebody. And say, no, my culture, my, my race, my, my gender is better. No, it's different. You know, I'm Swedish. I've said that a lot in life. I'm not Italian. I have nothing against Italian. My best friend in the world's Italian, but I'm not Italian. We eat lutefisk, they eat pasta. There's nothing wrong with that. I like their pasta, they hate my lutefisk. It's okay. See, different isn't necessarily bad. It adds this wonderful spice to life. You know, as you go on, you begin to see that God has no perspective, but you and I do. And the more we really listen to different perspectives and compare them to truth, the more we know and appreciate the truth. For for example, right now, there's a proposal in South Africa to legalize polandery, which is one woman with multiple husbands. The reason that it's a proposal in their government is because there's already polygamy. So one man with many wives. Now you look at that, and the whole argument in South Africa is this is the way the culture is. We can't change that. This is the way it's supposed to be, because it's the way the culture is. Okay, I understand. That's your argument. However, if we take your perspective on this, which, which I can appreciate perspective because you grew up there, and we look at what God said, we start to see that maybe there's a different way to live. Maybe both polygamy and whatever the other word I used is something it shouldn't be. I, you know, when you look at it, God really designed marriage to be between one man and one woman. That's how he designed it. You want to complicate that? You can. That's your choice. But it's not the way it's meant to be. So there's other things that will happen because of that. See, I'm not saying that all differences are valid. All differences are different, but they begin to allow you to see things and appreciate the truth. You know, I really appreciate how God designed things the way they're meant to be. So in marriage, I really appreciate that I get to commit to one person for her entire life, and she gets to commit to me for her entire life. I appreciate that. The stability that brings, the sanity that it brings. The, 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 now, now you might say, well, that's just one opinion. Okay, take that one and compare it to somebody, some woman who has five husbands. Now, that's hard for us to even imagine. But, but if you think about it, that's a complicated formula. Or some guy that has five wives. That's a complicated formula. I've thought of that in times of, what in the world? How do, you, how do you do that? How do you do it well? You see, sometimes what happens is the more you listen to different perspectives, you get to hear the perspective, but you also get to, if you know the truth, you get to appreciate the truth. Because you begin to see that the truth is actually what sets you free. 
It's interesting as you read the news and you begin to see the amount of things that are based on people just doing what's right in their own eyes and everyone trying to say, no, that's right, that's okay. Everyone should be able to do what's right in their own eyes. Well, again, when I say that we need to enjoy the differences in, per- in people, I'm not saying that all the differences are right. It, when, when God speaks about appreciating the, the uniqueness of the individual. He doesn't say that everybody who thinks every way is correct. In fact, all of us are scarred by sin. The idea of God not having a perspective is very important. Because perspective, remember, in order to have a perspective, you have to have an angle. You have to look at it from a certain way. So I look at life through the prism of growing up in the Wager family, growing up in the city of Chicago, growing up with a dad as a pastor. So, so I have a certain perspective in life. My perspective is neither right or wrong or good or evil. It's just a perspective. My parents were human, so they were sinful. They weren't sinful like those parents or these parents. They were sinful like my parents were, whatever their issues were. So every human being you ever meet is sinful. So that, that we understand. That, that isn't going to change anything. However, the perspective they bring to the table allows you to take what they've said, put it into perspective from one who has no perspective. God is not a salesman. He's not trying to sell your product. He's not trying to to feel good about who he is and have you agree with him. You know, it's kind of like saying, this is the bird, the cardinal. This is what the female cardinal looks like. This is what the male cardinal looks like. Okay, fine. They look different. Okay, now you can say, well, that's biased. (laughs) Be quiet. That's just what they look like. So when God looks at us, he looks and he creates us to be uniquely us in a situation that is only healthy if it's in the context of what it's meant to be. So I'm meant to love God. I'm meant to love each one of you. I'm meant to love my wife and be committed to her for life. I am meant to do those things. And, and when I see that not work, see, I see this contrast out there that's very easy to see. The, the greatest disaster for any culture through history is when somebody begins to base their whole culture on each person doing what's right in their own eyes. Because if you haven't understood that yet, as you go around the country, there are many people who do what's right in their own eyes and they justify what they do. Just last week, there was a, a, a woman, she was three months pregnant, she was in, I forget what country, it wasn't our country, but she was in a country, and she was raped by a foreigner that was in that country. Oh, she was in Egypt, I believe. And she was raped by somebody, and when she came out into the public to try and find somebody to help her, three men helped her and took her to a place and raped her again. All the guys who did that said, well, they had the right to do that. They were from different countries, and they had the right to do that. Now, now that's a different way of thinking. I, I cannot imagine why they have the right to do that. See, but if you live in a culture where each person does what's right in their own eyes, how do you tell them they did wrong? How do you do that? So what that does for me, it helps me enjoy the truth that I understand. Do you know that 
that God makes it very clear that that rape thing is absolutely wrong. That should never happen. None of you should ever experience it. And I can appreciate that more when I see it. When I see a story about it, I hear somebody. See, I appreciate the fact that God said that. A culture cannot be based on each person doing what's right in their own eyes. Regardless of what we'd like to believe, it can't, it can't do that. Because what happens in a culture where each man does what's right in their own eyes is that we become people who have no right and wrong. We become people like the book of Judges, like, like Sodom and Gomorrah, where nobody could be told that they did evil. First Corinthians 12, 25, 28. This makes for harmony among the members. God talks about, the Apostle Paul talks about, how do we get people to even get along? Well, it, for people to actually get along, they need to agree on what the truth is. That, that's first. Because if they don't, if they think the truth is whatever anyone believes, they cannot get along. They can't. Believing something, if I believe something very sincerely in my heart, I, I believe that it's true. If I believe something, the belief in, it, in and of itself does not make it true. You can believe whatever you want. That's the fun of the brain. However, if you believe a lie, you can still believe it 100%, but if you believe it and it's a lie, it's still not true. That's the problem. That's where we call deception. And believe it or not, Satan is the master of that. He's the master of deception. I promise you this right now. There are things in your life and my life that we're being deceived on and we don't know it. That's the definition of deception. It isn't. None of you would walk in here and go, yes, I, I would like to believe a lie today. No, none of you would do that. In fact, you would say, I don't believe lies. Okay, good. I would agree with you. I don't either. But yet that's Satan's number one tool is to lie. Remember, he's the father of lies, that kind of thing. And when there's a good liar among you, if there is a good liar among you, they make you believe what they just said. See, part of lying, part of a good liar, part of really being gifted at it, means that you actually believe what they said. So you leave, after you've talked to a liar, you you leave believing you heard the truth when you didn't hear the truth. And that is the definition of deception right there. So you need to be very careful when you evaluate things to know that, okay, there is a truth, and it's actually the truth that gets you free, and it's actually the truth that allows you to be unified. It's actually truth that allows you to celebrate the differences in people around you. That's, that's true. The truth allows you to celebrate, not compare, not condemn, but to celebrate. It says, this makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all parts suffer with it. If one part is honored, all parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body. So Jesus talks about it. Paul talks about it. You're, you're, you're part of one thing. That's what the truth is. If you're a believer, you're part of the body. So you're part of one thing. One brain, one thing. Once again, I give the illustration all the time, so don't get bored with it. 
But as I'm talking to you, my hands, my feet, my knees, my mouth, my eyebrows, they're all going with what I say. Now, my one eyebrow doesn't keep going up and holding there and doing something weird. I mean, it doesn't do that. Why? Because I'm not, well, I can't do that anyway, but, but it doesn't do that. My arm isn't over here going like, look at me while I'm talking. It, it's not doing that. When I say a point that I really mean, my hands go like, boom. Why? Because my hands, some, some way my brain went to my fingers and said, do this. And I don't even do it consciously, except for right now when I'm thinking about it, so now it's kind of weird. But in the process, what, what you find is that everything in your body, when it's responsive to the brain, they all support one thing. That's why when you were doing this Zoom communication stuff last year, that's sorry. You know, and, and it's sorry because of the fact that you were meant to look at people while they talked. Because their, their lips, of course, I guess Zoom, you can look at them, but they could put a mask up there or something. I have no idea. But because their lips, their eyes, their hands, their, everything communicates what they're communicating. And, and that's an important part of humanity is looking at each other while you communicate. You see, it's really fun to understand that God made me, made me be part of the body, and, and I might be a kneecap, I might be a toe, I might be a finger, I might be an elbow, which means I'm really different than all of you, and I see the world differently than you, but I still get to listen to the brain. And when I listen to the brain, I, I function right. I, I used to often use uh, Drew's dad as an example of the body that was perfectly attuned with something. I used to watch him run track, and I was amazed at how he ran. When he ran, it was like he wasn't running. It was like he put no effort forth at all. When I run, it looks like somebody waddling down the street, and it, everything jiggles all over the place. But, but when he ran, it was smooth. His, he was slightly pigeon-toed which I think all the great runners are. And, and he, would, he didn't wear socks in those shoes. I, I never understood that. He barely tied his shoes. But when he ran, his body was like, like one with the run. And I thought, wow, that's smooth. I mean, if you, yesterday, right before I went to sleep, I turned on, they were having the Olympic track trials for the Olympics. And some guy won the hurdles. And I was watching him run. I thought, is he moving? I mean, this guy was so smooth. It didn't even look like he was breathing hard. Uh, how in the world can he get over the hurdles like that and look like he was just out for a stroll? You know, it, honestly, if I'm doing hurdles, they're all knocked over and I'm on the ground after a while. This guy didn't even look like there were hurdles there. And I'm sitting there thinking, wow, that whole body, the legs go right over, they're smooth. How do you train for that? What? You know what? His toes... The balls of his feet, the, his hands were all in tune with the fact that he was running over hurdles. And every part supported him in a different way. I thought, that's, that's really cool. That's exactly what I'm talking about. That, yeah, I don't know how God made you, but he made you unique. You don't have to be like somebody else. You don't look at other people and say, I need to compare myself to you. You, you can't do that. Right? Because you might be a knuckle comparing yourself to a knee. Then you're going, but I, I want to be like that person. No, you don't. You want to be a knuckle. And you need, unless you're a knucklehead, of course. That, that's a different issue. Never mind. 
You, you want to be a knuckle. You want to, you want to be something that God made you to be. The, the most important part is always is that part listening to the brain. That's all that matters. Because when the, that part listens to the brain, it all works. You know, it, they do things like in harmony. If you're not listening to the brain, there's always, it's not harmony. You've seen people who have had uh, diseases where their body parts don't listen to the brain. They can't control parts of their body. That's distracting. It, they can't help it, but that's, that's not how God designed the body of Christ. Here are some of the parts God appointed for the church. First, there are apostles. Second, are prophets. Third, there are teachers. And there are those who do miracles. Those who have, he goes on and says, you know, you're all different. God made you different. They see things differently. Genesis 1.27, so God created human beings in his own image. He made us different than frogs. Yeah, we're not frogs. We're people. He made us different than trees. You know, trees and frogs, they, they don't have the same equivalent as people because they're not made in the image of God. We're different. And God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish. We actually are the ones that have dominion. I, I keep telling Linda, we walk, when we walk down the road here, we've seen mountain lion, we've seen bear, we've seen a bobcat, we've seen deer, about every animal. Now there's a groundhog that's driving me crazy. We've just seen all kinds of animals. You know what, though? I stand there and look at that bear, and it goes, in the woods. That's good. That bear knows better. No. Because God made animals to understand that man has dominion over them. You know, when an animal loses their fear of man, they become pretty dangerous because a bear can wipe you out. A mountain lion could take you in a second. I've told Linda over and over again, all you got to do is, if these animals have a way out, don't worry about it. So as we're out, we see that mountain lion, we're just going to walk at it slowly. It'll go the other way. Why? Because man has dominion over it. That's why. Now, yeah, there's circumstances. You start messing with a bear's cubs, and the bear thinks it has to defend those cubs or something like that. But in general, man has dominion over the what? This is how God made it. So that bad? We're diminishing the value of bears? No. It's the way it's meant to be. That's the way God made it. Bears aren't people. Frogs aren't people. He made it a certain way. And man has dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. A couple verses. You know, Romans 12, 2. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world. One of the key things you've got to understand, if you are somebody who enjoys the fact that God made you different, you're not looking to people who don't know Jesus, and you're not looking to the rest of the world to try and figure out how to act. And not only that, when somebody comes in and they're not a believer and they act differently, they've had, you know, four wives, they've abused, whatever, and I'm talking to them, and they hear, boy, you've been married to the same woman for 41 years. Yeah. I don't want to live like you. I don't mind being different. I, I understand. Be different. It's okay to be different. In fact, if I know God and you don't know God, my life should be different. That's okay. So you're condemning me. Where in the world have we talked about condemnation because you're different? That's not even in our vocabulary. That's not true. 
We don't live that way. If somebody doesn't know Jesus, they're going to act like they don't know him. That's okay. That's how they act because they don't know Jesus. I can't act that way because I know him. It'd be like, okay, I'm married to Linda. So, so I act like I'm married to her. I really do. If you're around, that's what I act like. You know, it'd be really weird if I acted like I wasn't. That'd be strange. But I act like I am. Oh, you know why? Because I am. That's all. That, that's as simple as it gets. So somebody who's not a believer, they're not going to act like a believer. Don't ask them to. That's not their business. Proverbs. Don't walk in the way with them. Again, it's just saying, don't, it's okay. You're different because of who you are. Psalm 1. Oh, the joys of those who don't follow the advice of the wicked. See, they're different. They're okay with their differences. They're okay understanding I'm different. I don't, I don't need what those who, who don't know Jesus say they need. Proverbs 4, 14, 15. Don't set foot on the path of the wicked. There, there's, there's a difference between those who know God and love God and adjust their life according to the truth and those who don't. There's a difference. And the difference is good. One of the great, great, great deceptive tools of Satan and that all of us feel, especially with social media, is we're comparing all the time ourselves to people who may not love God, who may not know God, a, a culture who doesn't make decisions based on the Bible, and we keep comparing our lives to that. There's no comparison. You shouldn't be like that. Enjoy the fact that God loves you and that he gave you a body part to be different than others. Really, I just want you to understand these points. Differences are good. Number one, it makes the body function properly. Because of all the differences in my body, I can function. I have teeth, so I can chew. A stomach where the food goes and does something there. I have a liver that, you know, cleans up things. I get rid of the stuff I don't need. I keep the stuff I do need. I don't know how that works. I, I, you know, I get all these parts that kind of, where I don't even know what they're doing. But when one of them goes bad, not good. Then I know, oh, that's what that did. I really appreciate it. In fact, most of the time, you understand that if you function the way you should, you're not in the limelight. You know, it's not like I'm going to come to you today and go, hey, my stomach. It digested its food last night. Yeah, how often have we glorified our stomach for digesting food? Here's what you realize. If you really function in, in the way you're supposed to, you're not always in the limelight. Sometimes you're actually forgotten until things go bad. If my stomach quit digesting the food and I'd be on the floor holding my stomach, you'd be saying, oh, what's wrong? Oh, my stomach. Now I'm paying attention to it because it doesn't work. The sad reality is that some of you sometimes realize that when it doesn't work, that's when you get the attention you need. So you keep making it not work because you love the attention that you get from it. Don't do that. Understand that if you live the way you're supposed to, you kind of disappear at times. And that's okay. People like me, the old people, 
we'll look at you and appreciate you, but we might not always say nice stomach or whatever. We might just appreciate the fact that it works the way it's supposed to. And sometimes you can't even pinpoint it. Like I just said, you know, eat the food, that's something. That, so I'm sure there's parts of my body screaming at you right now saying, he forgot me, he forgot me. I, he talked about food, but I wasn't mentioned. Well, yeah, there's all kinds of parts, I guess, that are doing things that I don't know. Sorry. I'm really glad they work, though. I'm thankful for them. I just don't know what they are. There are kids here, you're serving, and they'll never thank you. They don't know who you are. But, but you did things to help them be here. So it makes the body function. It allows us to use perspective to find truth. Differences allow us perspective-wise. So if you come to me and say, I believe this, I go, wow, that's interesting. Let me re-look at what the Bible says, because I get to look at it again and see what it says. It gives us a purpose. A difference, differences give us a purpose and satisfaction in our tasks. You know, honestly, as a foot or whatever I am, I get to be very satisfied because, really, God uses me in a unique way, so I get to go, whoa. You know, this is great. I, I, feel, I feel like used in a real healthy way. Because I do this, but I don't do that. You know, I, I do this. When certain things happen here at camp, see, I'm, I'm the guy who looks at the whole picture. So when the whole picture works, I go, yes. But, but I'm not the carpenter, and I'm not the mechanic, and I'm not. It, there are the guys who do that. But I celebrate them. Gives us purpose and satisfaction. I love what God gave me to do. So I get to do podcasts and that kind of stuff and do what God put me on this earth to do. And, and the last thing gives us contrast so we can appreciate the truth. Contrast always helps you appreciate truth. And that's why Christians contrast the world. So I see marriages that are falling apart because of X, Y, Z, whatever the reason is. I appreciate my marriage more. See, so, so the contrast helps me appreciate truth. That's all. I hope you understand that different is okay. Different isn't necessarily right, remember that. It it may need to be compared to the scriptures to know whether it's right or not. But different is good. And then in the context of the body of Christ, different is great if you're a believer and you're listening to God because you need to be satisfied with what God created you to do. Closing the, the idea that God gave us, you know, he gave somebody once, you know, ten talents, five talents, one talent. Oh, yeah, they're all different. Yeah, yeah that's brilliant. They are. They're all different. Ten, five, one. When he held them accountable, it wasn't it. He held them accountable the same. See, there, there's things that God will treat the same, even though we're different. And he held the one each of them accountable for what he gave them, not how much they made. And that's what we have to understand. God's going to hold you accountable for who you are. What he gave you. He's not going to hold you accountable for what he gave me. He's going to hold you accountable for what he gave you. And that's the fun part. Because it'll be different. All you got to do is love God and walk with him. You'll be okay. You'll also be unique. You'll be different. You'll love people. You'll love God. You can do it. Just don't let the world squeeze you into saying this is how you have to be and each man should do what's right, each woman should do what's right in their own eyes. That's not how it works. And our culture will quickly deteriorate if that's the only standard. Let's pray. Father, again, thank you that we could meet today. Thank you for each of these individuals. We ask you to use them in a significant way to... 
create an atmosphere so the young people that are on these grounds can hear who you are and walk with you and love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.